1964, uh, a movie was released, a multi-award-winning movie, and you're probably familiar with The Sound of Music. And famous for many of its songs, the one you have just heard takes place in the movie when the new nanny, played by Julie Andrews, is praying in her room, and then there's a bad storm, and all of a sudden, it ends up all the kids go in because they're all scared uh, of the storm. And to calm their fears, she sings the song reminding the children to think of their favorite things in the midst of experiencing something that they don't like at all. Now, around the time that the movie was released, which was back in the mid-60s, a music promoter was trying to see if one of the songs could become famous before the movie came out, and so it would be a big hit, and then help out with ticket sales. And so the song, My Favorite Things, was recorded by Jack Jones on a Christmas album. And the song does speak of sleigh bells, snowflakes, silver white winters, and uh, brown paper packages tied up with string. So those are just a few of my favorite things. And although it's not necessarily a Christmas song, it's become associated with Christmas. And just a few years after that, Barbara Streisand recorded a Christmas album, which is a great Christmas album, by the way. And uh, from the late 60s, and she included that song on her Christmas album, and it's just become famous ever since. So, why include it today in chapel? Well, as I thought about today, and uh, about this being the last community chapel, a few thoughts went through my head. I thought about who is helping to lead some of my favorite musicians. I thought of some of the music we would do, some of my favorite songs, of the community... Uh, that we would have this service together in some of my favorite people. Uh, the season of the year, one of my favorite times of the year, and of the time in the academic year, one of my favorite weeks of the semester. <laughs> so what better way than to start things off with my favorite things. Now, although the sale of compact discs has really nosedived in our culture, um, if you come to our house, you're going to find a good-sized collection of CDs, and this collection of CDs is the only collection of music in our house that we continue to add to, and it's our Christmas CD collection. Dennis is going to play another song that is tightly connected to Christmas. It's a well-known song, and you might say it is the theme of Christmas in our society today. It was written on a very hot day in California because the songwriters wanted to see, since it's so hot outside, could we write a Christmas song? And it's a Christmas standard. They came up with a very clever title of the song, The Christmas Song. So just to set the stage, it'd be nice if we had a fire that we could uh, look at. Oh, lovely. Lovely. So now, sit back and relax and listen to the piano stylings of Dennis Baptista.
Thank you, Dennis. Yeah, beautiful. Well, we certainly enjoy the, the sounds of the season and the Christmas music. It's also an opportunity for us to sing songs about our Savior. The reason why we have a celebration at Christmas time is to celebrate the birth of our Savior. So as the team comes up, we're going to uh, sing some songs together to remind ourselves of the great thing that God has done. And then we're going to read scripture and take a look at where the Holy Spirit shows up in the Christmas story. So why don't you stand? We sing better that way. Sing together. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus You were the word at the beginning One with God the Lord most high Your hidden glory in creation It's now revealed name it is what a wonderful name it is the name of Jesus Christ my King what a wonderful name it is oh nothing compares to this what a wonderful name it is the name of Jesus what a wonderful name it is the name of Jesus. Let's sing what a beautiful name. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping, whom angels greet with anthems sweet, while shepherds watch are keeping this this is Christ the King whom shepherds guard and angels sing and haste haste to bring him Lord the babe the son of Mary so bring him Sense gold and myrrh, come peasant king to own him, the king of kings, salvation brings yet love. 
So since the semester began, we've been looking at the book of Acts, and through our observation of the whole, what the Holy Spirit is doing, we see the person and personality of the Holy Spirit. Someone has once said, if you want to know what God is like, look at what God does. And so that's what we've been doing in the book of Acts, looking to find out what the Holy Spirit is like by looking at what the Holy Spirit does. 
So today we're going to take a look at the scripture that has to do with where does the Holy Spirit show up in the Christmas story. But as a foundation for that, I want to just review, because that's what professors do, uh, everything we've talked about so far in uh, our look at the Holy Spirit. And as I go through these, I want you to try to keep one or two of them in mind. So as we read the Christmas story, maybe we can see, is there a cons uh, consistency in how the Holy Spirit operates? Well, we started with Mark Maxwell uh, kicking off the series, and he talked about the scripture passage that said it was better that Jesus would go so that the Holy Spirit would come. And James Enns talked about the prophetic role of the Holy Spirit. Ruth Maxwell talked about the Holy Spirit's witness of Jesus. John Shifley, thank you, uh, talked about God's authority and the Holy Spirit's sovereignty. Carmen Hines talked about the Holy Spirit does not prevent problems, but he does empower us to respond wisely under pressure. Kevin and Julia Garrett, God will put things in our path as we live our everyday lives. God directs. He has a plan. Nothing surprises God. Even in disappointment, God is at work. Amar Yunus, a person who is filled with the Holy Spirit, is obedient to his commands. Herman Imes, when the Spirit of God opens the door, we best put out a welcome mat. Mike Scott, the Holy Spirit pursues, persists, and is powerful. Byron Dome, deeds and actions divine followership, not doctrines and creeds. And last week, James Enns talked about the whole idea of practicing when the Holy Spirit seems silent. And so we're going to look at the actions of the Holy Spirit in a, in a period of history when God seemed silent. And I've been wondering about this and wondering if it was the same sort of situation that James spoke about last week when Paul was under house arrest and was in a period of time and practicing out his faith in a time when it seemed that God wasn't saying anything at all. And so could this be the same way that the people were going to read about? Is this what they were going through? Didn't seem like there was much going on. Nothing at all. And then the Holy Spirit acts. So the impact of the Holy Spirit in the lives of those in the Christmas story is significant. And their response is an indication to a certain degree in following the path that God had for them. Were they looking for something? I don't know. It's not written. And the Holy Spirit acts, and his actions are ones of creating, filling, and guiding. And so we see the results of the Holy Spirit's action, and we see the different responses of the people to what the Holy Spirit is doing. Hear God's word. Luke chapter 1. This is about Mary. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Sometime after this event, Mary goes and visits Elizabeth. 
In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, to a town in Judah, and entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she claimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And after this, as Mary traveled back to her home, she thought about all the things that had just happened, about how God had spoken to her, what he said was going to take place in her body, and then with her visit to Elizabeth, one who should not have been pregnant but was pregnant. And here are the words that she said. Proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit exalts in God, my Savior, for He has looked with mercy on my. And his name will be forever exalted. For the mighty God has done great things for me, and his mercy. His name and 
In Luke chapter 1, we read about this, about uh, John the Baptist. He will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And then Zechariah, if you recall the story, Zechariah is, uh, well, he disbelieves what's going to take place, that Elizabeth would have a child. And so he is mute until the child is born. But after the birth, this is what's recorded. And his father, talking about John the Baptist, John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he has spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the land of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people, in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the, the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. From Matthew chapter 1, talking about Joseph. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. I invite you to stand again. Sleep. 
And then, from Luke chapter 2, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Well, joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, hail the Son of Righteousness, Strong to say in your mighty 
Please be seated. Well, one more character that we want to take a look at uh, from Luke chapter 2. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was, a, was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up into his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation for the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that, <clears throat> so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed." Well, in each of the situations where the Holy Spirit interrupts people, it's purposeful and it's directed towards the purposes of God. And the activity of the Holy Spirit is moving towards a purpose, the coming of the Messiah. And when the angels announced to the shepherds, what they announced was is that peace is coming to earth. And one way that that's been considered is that the separation between humankind and God, that peace that a peace was coming to the earth, and that this peace was going to join those two things back together, that there would be reconciliation between God and humankind. Now, there are also other places and circumstances where peace is necessary, where peace is required, where peace seems to be absent, and the places where the Holy Spirit shows up in the Christmas story seem to be an interruption, yet it is an interruption that meets the will of God in the lives of the people who are involved in the story of Christmas for the life of the world. And the activity of the Holy Spirit in the Christmas story is not really something, I think if we thought about it, it's not all that peaceful. Zach, uh, well, Elizabeth was made to wonder at what God was doing. Zachariah was made silent. Mary was made pregnant. Joseph was made compliant, and Simeon was made aware. In just a few short chapters, Luke has introduced us to a very active Holy Spirit in the lives of people. The Holy Spirit meets them where they are at and directs them to accomplish the will of God. Some familiar verses that are often read at this time of year from Isaiah 9 starting at verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of his peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. Then in John chapter 14, Jesus is speaking, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. When the Holy Spirit shows up in the Christmas story, he feels, he guides, he awakens he uses, so my question for all of us today is, are you prepared for the Holy Spirit to be involved in your Christmas story? Just a few short days from now, we'll all be going in different directions. Some of you can hardly wait to get home because you know it's going to be home cooking and no homework and I can sleep as long as I want. And I can hang out with people that I haven't hung out with for quite a while. And so you are eagerly anticipating 
and you're looking forward to what you're going to walk into. Things at home are fine, and you're looking forward to renewing those relationships. But I know there's others in our community who are not looking forward to going home, not necessarily going back to a circle of friends that don't seem quite as, well, as a group that I need to hang around with anymore. And you're wondering how things are going to go. Are they going to stay on track? Are things going to go off the rails for you? The activity of the Holy Spirit in the Christmas story shows us that people were able to hear the Holy Spirit's voice. People listened. So the question for all of us today is, am I listening? Not just once, but the listening, the spirit of listening that allows you to be aware of the Holy Spirit's voice. The activity of the Holy Spirit in the Christmas story shows that people were eager to obey. So that's a question we need to ask ourselves. Am I eager to obey? Am I willing to obey the Holy Spirit when it's difficult, when it interrupts the direction of my life, when it's hard to understand? Sometimes we read the passages we've just read and kind of go, yeah, that's what happened to those people. But I don't think it was always easy. And I think there was a lot of misunderstanding going on. But the activity of the Holy Spirit in the Christmas story shows us that when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, it's never for us alone. It overflows to the people around us. Well, there are just a lot of themes about the Christmas story that we could leave with. The one that I have for us today is one that with the coming of the Christ child comes peace that brings reconciliation between God and humankind and peace between people. So that's what we're going to end with, singing about that there is a peace that has come. And prayer for all of us is that the peace of Christ that we know and have become familiar with through the Christmas story would rule and reign in our hearts and prepare the way for us as in a few days we'll all go our separate ways. Why don't you stand? We're going to sing a couple, one more song. It's probably new to you, but it captures the idea of let peace start in me. And then as a blessing on us, the group vocal class is going to come and sing a prayer of asking God that he would grant us peace. All right. Glory. One star burns in the darkness, shines with the promise, Emmanuel. And one child born in the stillness, living within us, Emmanuel. And we sing glory, glory, let there be. Let there be peace Singing glory, glory Let there be peace Let it start in me And one voice speaks for the voiceless Hope for the hopeless us together now and forever Emmanuel we sing glory glory let there be peace let there be peace singing glory glory Stands in the way 
take a seat while the group comes up to sing uh, uh, for us. It's a very short song. Don't worry. We're almost done. Then pray a prayer of blessing over all of us. I know the last line of the song. I love the song that we just sang, Let It Start in Me. Um, in some respects, I, I'd make an argument for that. I mean, I picked the song, so it's all right. Um, but Here's what I also know is true. It never starts with me. It starts with what Jesus has done. But sometimes I'm in a situation because what Jesus has done in my life, it's got to start with me. And maybe some of you will be going into circumstances where it's going to be you that's going to be the person who brings peace into a situation. And so our prayer is, Lord, grant us peace. Would you stand and hear these words of blessing from Romans chapter 15? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. God bless you. Amen. <laughs>